Pokemon podcast ever that's ever existed. Uh, my name is Matt, and with me today I have Dragonfree from the Dragonfly Cave, um, one of the longest-standing Pokemon fan sites. Hello. Hello. It's called the Cave of Dragonflies, actually. I oh my god. Dragonfly Cave is your Twitter name, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's why I always manage to mix it up. Cave of the yeah, Dragonflies. Cave of Dragonflies was too, too long to be a Twitter name. Right, yeah, I always forget that there's, like, limits, because, you know, no one really does the long usernames like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you've, how long have you had that website? When did you, when did you open it originally? Uh, November 2nd, 2002, when I was 12 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite a, quite a while ago. I, um, I think that was, like, before I was even, like, regularly using the internet. Like, I'm not that much i think i'm about a year younger than you but uh i wasn't really online on anything even pokemon websites until like 2002 2003 around that time um so what was it what was originally on the site when it first launched because it's kind of expanded to a lot of different things now what i started with was like some game tips uh not sure I had any art except for like this one Pikachu that I drew and was really proud of and just had at the bottom of every page. Uh, 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 then it had just random ideas that I'd had, like uh, the truth about, you know, red, blue, and yellow, where I went over kind of rumors and uh, misconceptions and went like, it's actually like this. I, I had a page like comparing whether you should get gold or silver. Gotcha. It was all just kind of random game stuff that... Uh, no one was really head covered. <laughs> that I came up with uh, mostly like when I was browsing other Pokemon websites and I was like, I wish somebody had this. Right. I mean, yeah, I guess that, that was really the, the kind of the best way to do it back then. Like, I, I'm, it, it's so much... like The environment of, of... I mean, websites in general, but specifically Pokemon websites, is so much different now. You know, because everything's based around social media. And yeah. I, I, I've noticed one thing that's that's particularly annoying is how much things are just like, you know, copy pasted content from other sites, which like that's the kind of stuff that would get you pilloried back in the old day. Like if it was really obvious you copy pasted something from another website. Yeah, definitely. Especially when like everything was based around web rings, which is like mm -hmm. that's just a concept that no one really understands anymore. Yeah, and um Affiliates and affiliates. Uh, I've still got affiliates. I, I was just looking at some of them yesterday, and uh, and like three of them haven't updated since 2017. But uh, <laughs> do you ever check the affiliate links, and the the website just doesn't exist anymore? Uh, that that used to happen more. Uh, like if they're still around at this point, they're probably going to be around. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, one of them did bring up, like, uh, you have been permanently banned from this forum message. I don't know what that's about. It wasn't even a forum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I, I guess it's, a, there, there's something, I, I remember, I don't know if you're familiar with the Tumblr user who posts about Pokemon a lot, uh, Bogleech. 
post a lot about like yeah okay so he was saying about how like it's almost like prohibitively difficult to set up your own website these days compared to before like before there were so many different options for like free or cheap hosting of like your own web space but now it's like everything is like amazon content delivery networks and a whole bunch of things that are like way too expensive for the things people need to use them for and that is definitely one of the reasons why things are less around and I guess a lot of the sites from back then were, you know, GeoCities, Angel Fire, and all these things that just don't exist anymore, or at least don't exist in the same form. Yeah, absolutely. There, there used to be this, uh, you know, th- there used to be so many small websites created by just random people. Uh, and so there was a demand for free websites. So uh, so we had all these free hosts like uh, GeoCities and Angel Fire, and then later free webs and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where a lot of these sites would at least start out. Uh, but then today, everyone just has like a Tumblr blog and a Facebook page. Uh, so people aren't really doing that anymore, except for NeoCities. Yeah, NeoCities uh, is cool. Yeah, I love NeoCities. I, I really hope it takes off. But uh, it, it's just so distinctly old internet compared yeah. to what the internet is usually like today. Well, so we're not even, like, on Web 2.0 anymore. Like, Web Web 2.0 was its own thing, and now it's just, like, it's just social media. It doesn't even really have an identity to it. Or rather, Mm -hmm. the identity is just, you know, whatever corporate website property is the big thing right now. Yeah, I've talked a lot about how websites today are kind of just expected to be, you know, either you are selling something or you're making content and, uh, like, have ads on it and... uh, um, or you're, or you're redirecting people to follow your social media channels. Yeah. <laughs> or like, like, you know, potentially professional portfolios for artists or something like that. But that's about it as far as personal websites goes. It's like, I could respect someone like like George R. R. Martin, who just has his own blog, which used to be on LiveJournal, but now it's just his own website with something that looks like LiveJournal because he didn't want to be on LiveJournal anymore. <laughs> and like his social media channels just like link to his website. It's the reverse. It's kind of nice. It is really old school. But yeah, a lot of the a lot of the sites from way back when are just like not around anymore. I actually haven't checked some of them in ages. Like is Pokemasters still around? Uh it is still around, I'm pretty sure. Uh, there was a like sometime last year or the year before that. Uh I actually like went to find an old fanfic of mine and then the forum was done and I was like, oh Jesus, did did Pokemasters disappear? And I can't find this fanfic anymore. But then, you know, it came back up. It was just like a server issue. Did you make sure to back up your fanfic? (laughs) Did you make sure to back up that fanfic? Yes. God, I have lost like so much content to like, you know, websites disappearing or hard drive failures and stuff. Like it's... I wish my backups were as stringent as some other people's. Yeah, I... uh... I get fairly regular nightmares about like my my uh, my laptop crashes and everything is gone. So like when that happens, I'm like, okay, now I go do a backup. It's it's a backup day today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Pokemasters uh, brings me to one of the things that I definitely wanted to bring up at some point, which is um, Pokemasters is a form that I literally only joined so I could read your fanfic. Oh, really? Because that was where you were posting it for. Well, that was one of the places you were posting it for a while before you actually like had it on your website. Was this like uh, the UMR version? 
I don't know which version. I think most of the like most of the history I can remember of of the fanfic has been the Ilkoeth version. Yeah, uh, like the version before that, uh, I only posted in Pokemasters. I think. Okay, so I think I think that must have been where I was reading it. So I I had a bookmark for whatever the newest page was. And uh, like uh, the newest uh, chapter posting was, and then any time that I wanted to check it, I'd click that bookmark and then scroll down to see if there was <laughs> anything new. Um, and then eventually, I did just get an account, so I got notifications for the thread. That's delightful. I never knew that. Yeah, so that was uh, that was how I read it for like several years. Um, I, I guess until you know social media came around, I found your like Twitter and stuff, and then started reading it there. I have a couple of friends who've uh, who read it too, and I tried to get them to send questions about it, but. No one really had anything to put, but uh, there there were some congratulations for for finally getting it done. Did they uh, actually follow it to the end, or did they mostly just kind of uh, drift off? They kind of drifted off, but I did like I did mention when it was done, and then like added everyone on Twitter and like, hey, you should you should go check it out now that it's done. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm insanely impressed with. With everyone like you who who just followed it from way back in the day and then did follow it to the end, and just like so I, I, I don't know exactly when I I found it, but I know it was somewhere like after Ruby and Sapphire came out because I remember that you were answering questions about people asking if May was May from the games. But no, you named that character before Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire were localized. Yeah, which is like that's just such a bonkers long time ago to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have a, I had a, did have one question related to Quest for the Legends that came in uh, from Twitch, uh, involuntary Twitch creator of one of the creators of Pokemon Uranium. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what was it like to work on a single fan work for over a decade? How did you motivate yourself to continue writing and revising it? And now that it's finished, do you have any plans to revisit that universe in future stories? Well, I never had problems keeping motivated I would say uh, because I was just determined very early on that uh, I'm going to finish this thing uh, so from from there it was just pretty much uh, going and writing it and even when uh, you know there was one chapter that took over a year uh, even then I was still working on it the whole time and was very excited about it and about the entire rest of the fic it just, uh, you know, took a while. Which uh, chapter was that? Was that uh, one of the later ones, I assume? Yeah, it was chapter 64. Then chapter 65 also took a year. Uh, but, but that one I was, like, putting off because uh, I had to do some annoying rewrites of the entire battle that was in it. Uh, <laughs> and it was annoying. But, uh, but, like, at no point did I ever consider, like, ditching it. That's, that's that's some good determination, but yeah, no, I guess if you have that if you have that drive early on, then it's really uh, especially if it's something that I guess if I've ever like lost a project, it's usually for something that I just like you know can't do or have very high like there's something with a learning curve, like um, making a game or something, and that's where I where I get lost somewhere along the way, and it's like this is like so many levels above my ability level, but something with, you know, writing, it's like, you're just, I guess it's a, a very linear improvement curve. So you, you just revise it when you get to a certain point that you're doing better with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, I did uh, get to a point where I kind of, uh, was considering, uh, starting over with like the next revision, uh, but ended up, uh, not doing so because I had like a poll and everyone was like, no, continue this version. Uh, and I was like, well, okay. 
they wanted to they wanted to see the end of the story. Yeah, and I am glad I did continue uh, with this version ultimately, even though like uh, the whole first half of the fic is really silly and embarrassing. Uh, and <laughs> the next revision that I started genuinely was way better. It would have been way better, but uh, but I am glad that I pressed on anyway and just uh, you know wrote it to the end because otherwise you kind of can get stuck in this just mm. rewriting it again and then you never get anywhere. Do you have any like will to revisit it now to to do another revision or is it just done now? Uh, I do want to. It is like uh, you know lower priority now that I've finished it once. Uh, I want to rewrite chapter 76 because there are bits that uh, that I wasn't quite happy enough with in that uh, that I really want to do better. But uh, So I might do that and then, you know, at some later point, do a, a more proper revision of the whole thing. But, uh, but like, there are a lot of other things that I'm prioritizing over doing that. So I will probably mm-hmm. first, like, rewrite more fic, one of my other fics. Yeah, and uh, and write some other things that that I've been meaning to. So uh, I'm actually, I need to put a reminder down to actually read more fit because I never did get around to it. Oh, really? I'm just gonna put a little note for myself. There we go. I will read that later. <laughs> uh, did you know that there is a reference to Quest for the Legends in the game Pokemon Uranium? Yes, I did see that. It's very good. I really like that. That yeah, was, was that was huge. another part of Twitch's question. Is just, they wanted to know if you were aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I think I reblogged it on Tumblr, like when Uranium came out. Mm-hmm. Somebody was just immediately on, like telling me about it. Yeah, well, I mean that game got like a ludicrous amount of attention. So mm-hmm. it, you were someone someone who's who's read your fic was bound to see it eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started playing it, but never got very far. So uh, yeah, most well, of my playtime in it was when it was in demo. So I I really do need to actually visit the final version eventually. And I know Twitch is going to hear this, and I did say that I was going to do that after I had her on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So so I just to Twitch, I I will get around to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I am hoping to get around to it eventually one day. Uh, I, I've got a lot a lot a lot of things to do just in general. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, so uh, it's hard to make time for random video games. <laughs> I say while making time for writing an entire blog about Breaking Bad, but okay. The, those posts are so long. <laughs> They're very good, though. I actually have been reading those. I have a question from Apple Appen on Twitter. There's been thousands of fan sites throughout the years. Why do you think yours has been one of the few that's lasted? What about Pokemon keeps you coming back to it? Uh, I think this is the same answer as, like why I was writing the same fanfic for 18 years. It's just, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I am stubborn as hell. I, I just, uh, you know, when I really set my mind on a thing, I just do it and keep doing it. So yeah, figure, uh, At a certain point, it's like, well, why, why give it up now? I might as well keep the website going. Yeah, and I mean, uh, in part, it's kind of a point of pride for me at this point that, mm-hmm. uh, you know... I, I will be the last bastion of uh, of the traditional fan side, right? As, as the entire world around me turns to social media, mm-hmm. I, I I do like that uh, that that Sarah B has has staunchly refused to update his website design. So you'll always have you'll always have him as a partner in that. 
<laughs> also, yeah, the... I have updated my layouts, but uh... right. <laughs> and also, just like the staunch devotion to keeping forums going, mm-hmm. which I always appreciate because forums are just better than social media as a place to have a community. Yeah, uh, I definitely like vastly prefer forums over. What, like what, uh, what is it about forums? Like, I, there's, a, there's a question about this as well from, uh, from Javier Rivera on Twitter. Uh, what do you think are the biggest gains and losses from fandom switching from forums to social media? Yeah, I think like, uh, you know, social media has, uh, has a lot of reach for creators. Uh, like it's easy to just, uh, you know, make some cool art, put it on Tumblr, tag it Pokemon. A bunch of people will see it and reblog it and, uh, and just like you've got an audience. I think that's kind of uh, the gain of social media and why things have increasingly started moving onto social media. But uh, meanwhile, what you got out of forums was an actual sense of community. Uh, you would like have a single forum and uh, the members of that forum, and you would get to know them reading their posts, and uh, as was the same people, uh, and, like new people join and, and get uh, sort of initiated into this culture in place on the forum uh, and it's just a much bigger sense of uh you know an actual community social group kind of thing than you get on social media yeah i think one thing that's also really nice about it is just like kind of a measure of control over your own space yeah because uh, that's one thing you really lose with um being on like you know larger websites is you have the larger reach but you just you have absolutely no control around of your own environment mm-hmm. i mean like the closest thing we have to that now is like a, a good discord server like you can have you can have a pretty insular community with your own control there but you know it's still on a platform that's that's yeah. big and spread out and anyone can join it but I, I, do, I do think that it's kind of a, it's kind of a community format that is a lot more similar to forums than larger social media. Yeah, which has it's been kind of nice. Uh, I think I, re- I agree with that. Yeah. Um, one thing that's also um, well, I mean, not not necessarily for everyone, but for a lot of people with the switch to social media is like it's a lot less anonymous. Yeah. Like I am so used to knowing people entirely by their usernames from forum times that like it was kind of. Uh, it was almost strange to now be in a part of the, like in, in an era of the internet where like, I generally know people's names when I talk to them. Yeah. That is super weird. <laughs> so I know when you were, when you were on the, the last project, uh, I think that was last weekend mm-hmm. on their stream. Uh, you were talking about how like the, the early internet was a lot of us, uh, like you, you get a lot of default mail assumption because just no one, no one knew anything. So they're just like, Oh, person who's posting about Pokemon and, the uh, math equations around Pokemon. Oh, that's got to be a guy. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, uh, yeah. So your real name never used to be attached to anything. And, and there used to be even this whole thing of like, you don't give out your real name on the internet, <laughs> which is just completely gone now, really, because it's so gone. On I mean, social media, you just, uh, <laughs> you're expected to be under your real name. And, yeah. uh, but I'm still not entirely over that. Like, like, uh, for me, I mean, I, I don't actually know your name. I you've always just been dragon free to me or anti aliases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for for me, kind of creating my own identity as like, yeah, I'm dragon free and 
uh, you know, this is what I do. This is the the avatar that I have, and you know, uh, it's it's a way of controlling your presentation and, and like who you are that uh, you just don't have under your real name. Like mm-hmm. uh, I don't really do anything uh, under my real name on the internet except Facebook, which is because like I post in Icelandic on Facebook, uh, like for my actual Icelandic family and friends, yeah. but not for the internet so these uh, those identities feel very separate to me yeah mine just i don't know at some point i mean i guess it's part of it is like my my old internet username was always matt gcn and you know that does have my first name in it so (laughs) the the switch over to it kind of just merging with my normal identity kind of felt more normal to me but yeah granted uh, like I've still got in my about me section a bit about like this is my name, but uh, but please just call me better free. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that's uh, that's you know persisted in popularity on the site that's always been kind of big has been uh, the favorite Pokemon picker. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you you update it like every time new Pokemon are out, and I know you were with uh, with it this time. You were kind of struggling to get a unified format for it because uh, they didn't because they changed like some of the designs and not all the new models were out. What did you end up settling on with that again? What uh, that when Pokemon Home there? came out, I could use the images from that. Right, the right. The real problem that was, that, uh, was that like, uh, not all the Pokemon are in Sword and Shield at all. Uh, mm. So I couldn't just get like rips from Sword and Shield, because uh, all the other Pokemon would just have to be something completely different. And I hate yeah. inconsistency, so... Uh, yeah, because like the the models have like more like highlights and lowlights on them, so they don't look quite like the 3ds ones. Yeah, there's a different uh, kind of shader, and uh, yeah, the the art style looks a bit different. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be very noticeable if you mix them. Is that like a lot of the traffic on your site? Is the Pokemon picker at this point? Probably. Uh, I, I haven't uh, like uh, I, I used to have Google Analytics, and then I removed it because. Uh, the GDPR came out and I was like, I'm going to not have an annoying pop-up. You don't have to have the pop-up, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, But but I expect it is a lot of the traffic, yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty much the most popular thing on the site now. Uh, More so than uh, one of the most popular things used to be the What Pokemon Are You quiz. Uh, But people are doing a lot less of that now that, you know, they don't put it in their forum signatures and so on. Mm Mm-hmm. I did the what type are you one recently. The one that mm-hmm. has precisely 18 results. Yeah. Uh, and I did get the fairy type on it. Nice. Um, so who who ends up at the top when you do the Pokemon picker? Uh, Charizard and then Betterfree and Scyther. Which, uh, that very know, much tracks. Uh, I know that uh, you know before I even start doing the picker, I'm like, well, the top three are going to be Charizard, Murphy, and Scyther, and then you know, uh, Dialga and Evolta are somewhere. And uh, yeah. how high does Flygon? How, how high does Flygon get on your list? Oh, Flygon is there too. Uh, there's like, uh, you know, it, it used to be number four. Uh, it it kind of got displaced a bit. It's shifted uh, down over time. A little bit, but that's still good. <laughs> when I was just like looking through my downloads folder the other day, I found my uh, my results from the last time I did it, which was somewhere during Sun and Moon. Uh, my top five are Trubbish, Drifloon, Scraf- uh, Scraggy, 
Swineub, and Whooper. <laughs> just just a bunch I, of little I like cute that. guys. Mm-hmm. I really love how, how a lot of people go like, oh, it's the garbage Pokemon, but it's somebody's favorite Pokemon. Like It's yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah. He's he's very good. He's definitely one of the things that I want to put into the ROM hack that I started. Mm-hmm. Because it's just which like I guess I haven't said that yet on this podcast. I started doing a ROM hack because being inside all the time is going to drive me crazy unless I find some kind of project. So I'm doing a Pokemon Crystal ROM hack. I've already added like moves and different types to it and stuff. I haven't done much Pokemon replacement yet. I just added one fake mon. Um, named Dirt Quattro, the fourth legendary bird. <laughs> because I feel like that's that's the exact kind of energy I want to bring into this thing. Excellent. Um, which, yeah, <laughs> Dirt Quattro really, like, just, like, conceptually really makes me think of Molts Apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really, like, that um, almost, like, Poke God energy of, <laughs> of Fakemon. Where it's yeah. like, you know, a thing that someone would have tried to convince you at one point existed in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when I made the original backstory for Mole's Party, it was literally about, like, uh, uh, you know, there was a mist stone, uh, yep. which was an actual rumors from the Red and Yellow days. Yes. <laughs> that if you use the item finder like a hundred times in Seafoam Islands, then... Uh, you find the Mist Stone, and it can evolve any Pokemon into Poke Gods. <laughs> I uh, I did put a Mist Stone into my hack, but it was literally just to replace trade evolutions. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the tutorials they had on the Pokemon Crystal hacking is like put in the Mist Stone, and I'm like, sure, why the hell not? <laughs> um, Isn't that like basically just t- taking a Fire Stone and changing a couple of letters? More or less, yeah. Replacing, like, a dummy item and then adding its, like, giving it the property of an evolution stone and then going to the evolution list and actually putting it as an assignable property. It's, like, remarkably simple, but Uh, easy to mess up stuff. That's what I've learned rooting through the code of this game. Yeah, uh, I think I'm thinking of, like, a game short code that... uh... There was supposed to be, you know, a, a game track code for a mist stone, and what mm-hmm. the game track code actually did was just like change the name of the fire stone to to put like an M instead of the F, and uh, an S instead of the R, and the T instead. Yeah, of the that e. makes sense. I mean, yeah, because like all game track codes are is like hex code replacement, which yeah. is basically all you're doing in ROM hacking anyway. Mm-hmm. Until like recently, where like they have the code all like laid out for you, and you could make like deeper changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favorite fake type that you like to apply to real Pokemon? So, like, uh, like let's say there was a sound type for Exploud or a gas type for coughing. Do you ever my really get into fake types? Uh, my personal thing that, like that when I was like twelve years old was the heavy type. Uh, nice. I really wanted a heavy type uh, for like Snorlax and um, and for moves like Body Slam. Uh, you know, I still think you know when Sun and Moon came out, I was like. Oh, Mud Still could totally be a heavy type, and Heavy Slam is absolutely a heavy type move. Uh, yeah. So you know, uh, it's still in the back of my mind. I don't like legitimately think it should be added, but uh, but I'm still fond of it. That's how I was with the sound type. Like it's like something that like I know that they could probably make it work, but like there's a lot of 
weird logistics to something like a sound type where it's like how is how is it tangible enough to assign like weaknesses and resistances to what were the what were the like the the theoretical weaks and resists for the heavy type uh i forget it's, it has been a long time since i was thinking about this yeah um i'm pretty sure water was super effective because like if you're very, very heavy you you probably drown <laughs> Not not assuming buoyancy with these guys. I, I, I guess not. I mean, uh... <laughs> be a fun fun reversal if they if they resisted fighting. Yeah, make yeah. make Snorlax just like unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that may have been one of the things I was thinking. Yeah, one of the um, I guess that was one of the things you had on your interactive type chart is the ability to just like add types to it. Yeah, which I always, which I always thought was really really cool. And mm-hmm. inspired me to make my own interactive type chart with like a whole bunch of fake types in it, which has been really fun to try to make, try to figure out how to make it into an actual website and not just a Google Doc because I am not a good coder. <laughs> but um, your creation of Fakemon has always seemed to almost all resol- revolve around uh, Quest for the Legends. Like I feel like everything you've made has been in there somewhere. Uh, not everything, but uh, like a good number but, of them, right? <laughs> Pretty much everything that I sort of really developed uh, yeah. ended up in there. I, I, I had made up a bunch of things, like like once I made up these like yin and yang uh, kind of fish ghost things. Uh, I made some sprites that are like uh, a grass type bird that that's got kind of seeds on its neck that then sprout into kind of tree wings. Nice. Uh, I, I never even gave that one a name. I made like a, a kind of flounder that evolves into an eel that, that never appeared in the quest for the legends but i also didn't uh, properly give that a name or anything mm-hmm. i made five starter pokemon uh in 2003 and exactly one of them made it into the fic in uh, the most glorious cameo uh, monarch king appearing in exactly one chapter <laughs> so it was like the final stage of the water starter uh, out of uh this like starter pentagon that didn't actually have uh, proper type relations now i'm just looking at your your fake pokemon page <laughs> uh yeah. yeah scorp black scorp black was in the comic i know that i was in the fic i know that mm, yeah that's always a really cool one i think everything on, on that page is in the fic yeah because you got the the dragons although you did redo these sprites at some point yeah because they they look way nicer than i remember <laughs> Yeah, I made like proper uh, uh, sprites from scratch. And uh, I think it was just before I published chapter 44 where they actually fight Polarion because I had wanted to redesign Polarion. And uh, uh, so I took the opportunity then to make a new sprite with a new design and also did the others while I was at it. Yeah, it's nice. I, I definitely have like a. The strongest attachment to Leta, Lita, Letal, and Letalagon, um, mm-hmm. naturally, because they were also part of Pokemon Treasures. Yep. Which is a thing that, like, four people remember in total. <laughs> and I am absolutely one of them. And uh, I am number two. Yeah, you're number two. I, I'm like, Almost, like, everything in the game, like, all the other Fakemon creators that were part of the game have basically all disappeared off the internet. Um, mm-hmm. But they 
basically told me I can carry the torch for them, so I've 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 kept them all together over all this time. Although I oh. have lost a lot of images because of website <laughs> failures, which oh. is unfortunate. Yeah. One one day they'll all see the light of day again, and it will be a very exciting day. Some of them will definitely make it into the hack. Excellent. Which is like that that that's like I'm actually making a Pokemon game now. It's the perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. I got to get them in there. But yeah, I know they were always like some of my favorite characters in the in the fic as well. Them and then May and then also May's Tyranitar in particular was really good. Everyone's yeah. playing Quest for the Legends. It's it's good. It's a good fic. It, 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 you know, it, it, I don't think you couldn't recommend it without a heavy disclaimer about just how 14 I was when I started it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I feel like when you're starting under the banner of Pokemon fic, then that's almost implied. Fair, I guess. <laughs> that's like, that's the starting qualification. Like, you're about to read a Pokemon fic. Yes, it was very much launched in 2002. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was still cool to see it done, and it was still, uh, it was still a good story. You know, if you get through the first half and, and the various silliness contained therein. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes silliness is just really nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, silliness is good in its own way. I, I, I just, you know, feel uh, a kind of oh no embarrassment when uh, when people go like, "Oh, you should read this fic," and I'm like, "Okay, but note that." Uh, <laughs> just, just put it. Just put a big bold author note right at the top. Mm-hmm. This was started when I was very, very small. I actually did that on CRV after somebody came in like in, in 2011 and, and uh, wrote like a very lengthy, detailed critique of like the first chapters. And I was like, <laughs> this, this was written nine I years know. ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, 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 what are some things that you've done to keep yourself interested during this whole quarantine nonsense? Uh, well, it's not nonsense. Well, I mean, it's a very reasonable quarantine, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I, uh, I've usually got so much stuff to do that, uh, you know, I, I never feel bored because I've got uh, a to-do list of a of hundred different things that I should be working on. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, the, the quarantine leaves me with like slightly more time to work on some of these things. But yeah, actually, that, works out, that works out positive. <laughs> Uh, but then actually, uh, because I no longer have like a half hour commute to work uh, and, uh, and and a lunch break, uh, wherein I would like have no internet and just be with my laptop writing, uh, I actually have gotten somewhat less done, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, that's... Uh, I, I was just uh, publishing a ridiculous uh, Scyther dating sim visual novel. You did um, very much make a Scyther dating sim visual novel. Yes. <laughs> Which, uh, um, <laughs> I, I think I you'd posted it last April Fools as well, right? Like, yeah, like there was like a demo version? for it with uh, with like sketchy black and white sprites and uh, and two days of content, and then I added uh, two more days of content with even more uh, tangled conditions. And uh, yeah, I saw your condition map. It was something. Yeah. 
Uh, um, basically, I, I started working on this expansion for it uh, back in like mid-February, and I was like, yeah, I have plenty of time uh, to get this done. But then the quarantine happened. I started working from home, and I found myself just, uh, oh, wait, it's March 28th, and I am still writing day three. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the eight different endings were written pretty much uh, frantically while my playtesters were testing what was already there. Oh, my God. On March 31st and April 1st. What's it? What's it built in? Like, how do you? What'd you build the the game in? Uh, I basically originally just googled like JavaScript visual novel engine and found something called Monogatari. Okay. And, uh, it, it was like a bit rough and buggy, but it worked well enough for my purposes. I've now updated to like the latest version of it, which is a lot uh, nicer. It's got like a, a log and the back button works and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that helps. I think, yeah, doing something that like is completely built in browser is definitely something that a lot of people I've showed it to have appreciated because like when you see the concept of Scyther dating sim, I feel like there's just an there's there's a little bit of um trepidation at <laughs> first. And if you don't have the barrier of having to download and, and install something, you're more likely to actually check it out. Yeah, I, I think so probably. And that's, uh, I've, I've played through it twice now. I need to try, like, you know, paths that don't directly involve Nightmare, but I really do like Nightmare <laughs> as, you know, someone who who read Quest for the Legends. Yeah, in my experience, like, uh, reading people's reactions to the game, uh, everyone goes with Nightmare immediately and just yeah. what is her. So uh, this, this is a common experience. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I definitely have to, to give that a couple more playthroughs, and I'll definitely uh, to link it in the description as well, so people can have fun with it. <laughs> I almost it's uh, like going into it like knowing the basics of the Scyther code already made it a bit less like. I feel like going into it not knowing anything about that is almost going to be like, oh whoa, this is this is a little intense. <laughs> uh, probably. I mean, I did try, uh, especially in the demo version, to to kind of stay very vague about the many uh, very morbid bits of, of the backstory involved. Uh, like, like the, the demo version didn't talk about death at all, which is impressive considering the fix that this is originally based on. Right. Which, like, <laughs> uh, extremely edgy fanfics that I wrote in 2006 and 2007 yeah. uh, involving a, a whole lot of death and murder. Uh, I mean, they got sites for arms. Death and murder seem natural. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would argue that uh, you should expect something of the like from a Scyther dating sim. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I did yeah. get slightly more brave with this in uh, in the new content added now, uh, so they do actually reference killing people, but uh, but it, it's still sort of intentionally toned down a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightmare did very much get her ass kicked in the first playthrough I did, so... Yes. Which... Oh, poor Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, people should check that out and check out the the Cave of the Dragonflies in general. Like, it's... It's... I, I, I've always found it's just, like, such a it's, a... it's a good resource, 
but it's a, like it's a resource in a different way than some of the other sites were like like you were saying like it's things that you that you weren't seeing on the other sites like i know like bulbapedia has based its catch formula articles off of your articles before yeah you, you uh, put a lot of time into those yeah those are like uh, i you know not originally but uh, at a certain point i got really into game mechanics uh, and sort of exactly what's going on inside the game mm-hmm. and, th- and that's some of the content that i'm most proud of is like uh analysis and analysis of of the code and uh and kind of making it into formulas and explaining what's going on with the formulas and like what does this actually mean uh, which is something that i've done a lot of it's cool to know how catching works because like there's there is a lot going on under the hood there and they've you know expanded upon that a lot over time as well and mm-hmm. yeah it's like i know that it, i'm always thinking like when it breaks on the first ball i'm like oh i guess that that first count didn't work very well out of the you know three counts that they do right away <laughs> i really love learning that uh that when the ball shakes that actually like stands for one shake check and uh so it's actually like the pokemon is trying to break out and uh succeeding or failing and i think that's really cool yeah, that's just a really cool way to do that mechanic. Because mm-hmm. if there wasn't shakes, it wouldn't be nearly as exciting. Yeah. If they just did I mean, one shake. Originally, in red, blue, and yellow, uh, the amount of shakes was just uh, directly deterministically based on uh, your chance of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also cool. Like uh, One of my favorite moments of, uh, of working on content for the site was when I was uh, analyzing the red, blue, and yellow catch algorithm. And uh, and there was this whole weird thing that the game was doing to figure out how many times the ball should shake. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, this is deterministic. Like, uh, it just has a result that's based on some of the other variables. So that would mean that it always shakes the same number of times. And I was like, no, that, that can't be right. That's nonsense. Uh, so I actually went and fired up yellow and uh, I, like found a Pokemon and started throwing balls at it. And it actually turned out, well, it always shakes the same number of times. And I had never noticed. I don't think anyone had ever noticed. Like, I had never seen anyone Remark uh, comment on, that. on this. Yeah. But, but it was just totally a thing. And, and the moment that I had actually, uh, like, found this from the code and started checking, this is how it works. And it just blew my mind. It's, but, I almost uh, kind of wish it was still deterministic because it's like you'll get like three shakes in a breakout and you're like oh I'm so close to catching it but then the next time you throw it it'll break out on the first one and you don't really mm-hmm. like that was one thing that that was really nice about it is that you knew if you had to you know hurt it more if you had to apply a status condition or something like that because you know it was it was telling you exactly how close you are yeah that was kind of cool although admittedly the game also did the very confusing thing of like instead of the ball just not shaking it it said uh you, you missed. missed the pokemon <laughs> yeah yeah no that was We're, yeah that, that was that confused so many people i've had so many people uh like Eurogamer did a video based on my uh article about catching in red blue and yellow uh, and a bunch of people commented on that going like but, but what about when the ball misses the pokemon like what's going on there and it's actually the exact same thing it's just uh, a different animation you have a less than 10 percent chance of catching it Therefore, it says the ball missed. And it was, like, not related to its evasion chance or anything like that, which is... Yeah, 
there is no evasion chance uh, for balls. Could you there is no actual ball. It's, it's, just, it's just a very confusing message. Oh, that would but be then, so garbage but, if there was, though. <laughs> yeah. In, I mean, uh, like, playing uh, Let's Go, where, you know, you have to actually aim the ball at the Pokemon was bad enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who has just not great motor skills. Yeah. I, like, I, I I actually just can't play it in, um, in like, TV mode, where you actually have to, like, throw the, the Joy-Con. Oh, geez. So It's so wonky. <laughs> so you have to, like, you hold it in, in... Have you played Let's Go at all? Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, when you hold it in handheld, and you basically just have to, like, lock it in position at the right spot and hit A. It's... Yeah. I actually played it in, in TV mode uh, pretty much the whole one. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's, I, mean, it uh, I, I did find it like uh, easier than Go. Go, I've just like, I've got it down to muscle memory at this point, And I think that's really just all I would have had to do. But because I had the other option, I just never got used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had never tried playing it in, in handheld mode and, yeah. until like way late. I think the first time I ever played in handheld mode, I was like catching Moltres or something. In Let's Go, you don't have to actually aim, uh, which I did find easier. Like you just have to do the the motion, do a a, a swingy hand movement uh, compared to uh, well, uh, at least you know when you're trying to do a curveball and, and stuff, it's not entirely obvious uh, how to do the aiming in, in Go. So I miss a lot there. I don't know. Yeah, this, I can only throw as a curveball now because if I try to do a straight throw, I just it just doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a little more Go recently because like I can basically I can get out of the house to walk to the park and back, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they since like everything's been you know kind of shut down, they've canceled all like the upcoming events. They've kind of spread out the schedule of uh, of events in the game. And I guess they're 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 trying to make it so you can just straight up play it from home, which you know, for one, kind of defeats the purpose, but that's fine because you know people shouldn't be congregating in yeah. groups. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what they end up doing with that because right now they've just like made it so you can get, you can interact with gyms from slightly further, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, being able to I, like uh... actually do raids from home would be nice because you know a lot of people don't, a lot of people just don't get to try raids much anyway because they don't like you know going out in groups playing the game yeah uh i I tried the other day kind of using an incense from home and Mm -hmm. uh, you know i had all these pokemon that i hadn't caught in my nearby because i haven't caught most of the recent pokemon but then all i got was like alolan ratata with the incense which uh, was kind of disappointing and and dissuaded me from trying much more playing at home. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and well, the thing with incense is that I'm pretty sure it's still it, like it works better if you're moving. Yeah, which doesn't really work in this uh, in this context. Like they need to mm-hmm. work more like a like a lure or something actually bring things to you. But I don't know. Yeah. The, sp- the spawns in the game are are kind of weird the way they work anyway because it's all based on like cell phone tower data <laughs> and it's like triangulated points sets where all the spawn points are. It's very right, bizarre. Yeah. Like the technology it's all built on. Because mm-hmm. really, you'd think that like you know the wilderness would be more conducive to Pokemon, but really, you don't find anything <laughs> if you're in a forest. Yeah, I, I remember going like 
uh, trying to play go in our summer house, which is like uh, way in the in the athletic countryside. Nice. Um, there is just nothing there at all. I really do want to see Iceland eventually. It does seem like a very pretty place. I mean, uh, when you live in Iceland, it, it, it seems kind of mundane, but uh, right. it, it's uh, although it is like it's distinctive enough that uh, you know when we're watching TV shows like Game of Thrones or something, uh, you can just like point at the scene and go, "Well, that's Iceland." Yeah, that's. <laughs> that's um, um, I, I can do that with things that are filmed in Northern Ontario. Uh, because of how the trees look. <laughs> That's really cool. So like, um, you know the movie The Witch that came out a couple of years ago? Uh, I'm not sure what movie that is, but... Yeah, it, it was it was filmed like maybe like 200, 100, 200 kilometers like southeast of where I was born. And you could just like, you could tell by the forest if it was uh, that that's where it was filmed. So yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to point out that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that, especially if you live in like Vancouver, that just like basically every movie is filmed there. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of cities that that Vancouver gets to masquerade as. Same with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while in Toronto, you'll see that they've set up like a New York subway station entrance because <laughs> that's like the, that's the thing that they'll put there to make it look like New York is just the entrance to the subway with their specific signage. And you're like, oh, guess they're filming a New York thing in Toronto this week. <laughs> uh but yeah i think that's uh that's a good enough place to to leave it today don't need to extend it past pokemon discussion too much <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh this is a vinylite full restore and uh do you want to plug anything that hasn't already been plugged uh did you know that in the second generation games i was actually going to say this earlier uh <laughs> Uh, the way that the wobbling worked there, uh, that was actually just, they first decided if you catch the Pokemon or not, and then uh, they like did a separate random number to decide how many uh, how many wobbles it would be. Oh, that's just evil. <laughs> that's cruel. Yeah, yeah uh, and that was like based on your original chance, but, uh, but it didn't actually mean anything. Uh, the way that it does in the later games, and I just love the fact that uh, that you know the people at Game Freak were clearly thinking, okay, but really we should have like four random checks, and uh, and then they went and actually like took the fourth route of a number just so they could do the the four random checks. <laughs> uh, so where can people find you online? Uh, well, I, I've got a personal Twitter account at. Uh, like anti-aliases is how I pronounce it, but uh, you would probably say anti-aliases. Yeah. Uh, ending in IS. Uh, my website's Twitter account is at Dragonfly Cave. The, uh, I have a personal Tumblr as well, also anti-aliases. And uh, the website has a Facebook page, technically. <laughs> I don't like using it much because Facebook is mostly just like trying to make me uh, by boosts for my posts time. to make yeah. more people see them. Yeah, they uh, they love to do that. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, you can find the actual website, dragonflycave.com. Yes. So, and definitely check it out. It's one of the and, last And bastions. it has a forum. And it has a forum. If you miss forums, forums are real. You can, they still you can join my forums. Yes, definitely. Um, and... Another, another plug just outside of uh, the podcast itself. 
there's a extremely large VGC tournament running right now to make up for the fact that like all the events have been canceled. It should still be running by the time I get this up because I am just going to edit this today. So go check out uh, Wolf's Wolf Glick's Twitter, Wolfie VGC, and you can go watch. They're they're doing like streams of different battles. I think they're in Top Cut right now. It was <laughs> they made a tournament with fifteen hundred entrants. That that's really cool. Which is like, really like wild. It. Yeah, I love it. Some, something like that is happening uh, amid all the cancellations. Yeah, like they're. I, I'm really glad that like the the Pokemon Grassroots is really developing because like it's it they they need better support from Game Freak itself, mm-hmm. and this is the way to get it is to just prove that it can be done. So I'm I'm really yeah. excited to see that tournament happening. And if of course if I end up posting this late and the tournament has already happened, um, I'm sure you could just find the streams in the in the vods on Wolf's Twitch channel. So you can check out some of those battles. I, I watched some before starting, and I'm going to be watching some while I edit. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's very cool to see the the Pokemon competitive community really get built up. Um, you could find me on Twitter at MatchECN. I'll be posting updates about the ROM hack I'm making, which doesn't technically have a name yet, but I've been calling it Tourmaline because that was an old code name for Pokemon <laughs> Treasures. Like, way, 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 way back. And... Um, I'm just going to keep messing around with it until I hit enough roadblocks and then I'll put it out. It's, it's been really cool. It's really cool to look into this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you, you know, as well as I do that just like gutting your favorite games and figuring out how they work is just a really fun, rewarding activity in its own. So yeah, it's great. Um, that's, that's it for elite full restore this week. I don't know when I'm going to do another one. Depends on who I can get on and what I want to talk about. I, if you guys have any ideas about people I should have on or anybody that I should approach or Pokemon-related topics to cover, I, I'm all ears. I'll take any suggestions. I have a lot of free time right now, so I can, uh, I can get people on to do pretty much anything. So I can, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll get something done. Uh, otherwise, until next time, I'm just going to open up the usual way I end this podcast is by going to thanksbulbapedia.tumblr.com and reading one of the silly things that they have up. Let's see. Oh, here's a real good one. Sonia's book serves no practical purpose. <laughs> thanks, Bye. Bulbapedia. And uh, thanks, Dragonfree, for being on. And uh, I hope your website lives long and prospers well into the future. I hope your podcast and, and your ROM hack do as well. Hell yeah. <laughs> Aliens will stumble upon the remains of ancient Earth and still standing will be Dragonfly Cave and Elite Full Restore. Yep. That is that is the future I hope for. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye. Bye.